You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and get a $500 risk-free sports bet by downloading the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning today. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com to get a $500 risk-free bet from us at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 and a chance to win a million bucks. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Indeed, we are off and rolling. I can't believe it. Wait a minute, let me look at the calendar. Last show of August before we head to September. The fights, the bigger fights are coming. We've got plenty to discuss here on our little show about the sweet science put up the dukes do some shadow boxing bob and weave it is the big fight weekend podcast i am the somewhat lucid somewhat capable host he is senior writer bigfightweekend.com marquise johns week sauce radio how you feeling pretty good tj i think we just watched the passing of the guard going on in the welterweight division it's very 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 sad very sad state of affairs in boxing right now <laughs> yes manny pacquiao we all believed he was going to win over your dennis ugas but father time put the sofa or the piano or something on his back to an extent don't shortchange ugas he was good he got the win we're going to talk a lot about that and look ahead to whatever this main event pay-per-view is going to be on Showtime Sunday night with Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley from Cleveland, Ohio. Some good fights on the undercard, but what is this main event? We're going to discuss all of those subjects and more. Special guest Dan Canobio with us in just a moment. Reminder again, however you found the podcast, social media link, uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Their network of shows, subscribe, 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 right, Marquise? Hit yes. the subscribe button. It comes automatically to you. For example, if you were subscribed, you got the recap podcast that we did off of Ugas and Pacquiao. Typically, we're here in the preview mode, headed to the weekend, hence the name. But we did a recap podcast on Ugas and Pacquiao. If you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever, you get a ding, you get a notification. We got a brand new podcast, and you were able to hear us in the recap mode. We'll repeat some of that here. Without further delay, he is our guest, Inside Boxing Live. Love his insight on that show, uh, which you see not only online, uh, but also Pluto TV. Uh, Dan Canobio, also involved with CompuBox, great boxing takes and humor. Uh, my friend, it is good to be with you. And have ha- has reality set in that Manny Pacquiao is officially old, and that's it? Yeah, what, what's the man. deal? How you doing? Dude, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it, and I'm glad you brought up humor because you need humor to yeah. cover boxing on a daily basis. You have to have something... <laughs> 
pretty much wrong with you as well. But yes, <laughs> last week, uh, Manny Pacquiao, um, anytime he fights, it's a big deal, not just in boxing, but in sports. And whenever Manny Pacquiao loses, it's a very big deal. Usually he's getting robbed or he's getting knocked out cold or he's getting worked by by Floyd Mayweather. This fight kind of looked like the Mayweather fight where he just couldn't land his punches. He threw over 800 punches, which is like an impressive feat for a 42-year-old, but he only landed 16%. That's his career low. So, yeah, it's, it's a crazy time uh, for, for boxing because Pacquiao has been in the sport for four decades, but – it's getting weird now when he starts to talk about retiring and then he starts insulting Ugas. And now he's talking about a rematch. It's just like, I don't want to get to the point where we're starting to think of Pacquiao other than a great. So it's an interesting time, but I'm ready to see the next wave of welterweights, to be honest. On that very point, Marquise and I again covered this on the recap podcast. I wrote about this too. I don't believe he's going to get greatness back. What we saw against Keith Thurman two years ago, I think, is long gone. I, I He could fight Ugas again and look worse and or get knocked out at, at 43, soon to be 43 years of age. Do you have any optimism that he can be better than what we saw last Saturday, Dan? It depends. If he's fighting McGregor, yeah, probably. If he's <laughs> fighting like a guy no one's ever heard of and he wants to fight in the Philippines and just get that dub. Uh, before he says goodbye, he could probably, you know, put peace together or win. But Ugas is a very good fighter. I think the world learned that last Saturday. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't think that he can find it. You know, like he said after the fight, he kind of admitted to a lot of things. I mean, there were admissions more than there were excuses. He said, my legs don't work anymore. And uh, Ugas was the most basic fighter I've ever fought. But then you've got beat eight to four, uh, you know, at least. So it, it's very strange. I, it sucks that we have to like have these conversations and you know it would be great if he just gracefully retired and was like listen I had a great career but he's just it's just how all fighters are I mean outside of like Mayweather or Andre Ward or Joe Calzaghe or Lennox Lewis no one ever knows when to say goodbye so it's getting to the point where we have to question Pacquiao and, and you know that's not easy to do weak sauce got something for Dan Canobio here yeah, Dan, I wanted to bring up the point you mentioned earlier in the intro. Uh, you mentioned how Pacquiao threw 800 punches, but only landed about like his career low in like 60, 19%, which is not good. My question to you is this, Dan, uh, what was the key for Ugas pretty much to make it so that P Pacquiao was so ineffective? Was it just really just Pacquiao just really being old or just the fact that Ugas' basic one-two is just keeping Pacquiao in check all night? Yeah, he was pretty basic. I mean, uh, but he's very good at, at doing what he does, uh, Ugas. Yeah, it was the jab. I think the jab really got Manny thinking. Every time that Pacquiao would come forward like he did his whole career and throw those, like, crazy flurries, you know, there was a jab in his face, and it pushed him back, and that reach advantage was, was really there. So Ugas is, is really good. I think Pacquiao, you know, his legs weren't there either. Usually when Pacquiao comes in, we've seen it for four, four decades now. He throws punches while he's like walking forward. He did it against Thurman. When he, yeah. when he had that knockdown on Thurman the first round, he was like walking forward while throwing punches. It's like the strangest thing. You don't see it every day. So if you don't have your legs, like he said, he can't get in close because he's not, he's always going to be behind in the, in the reach department. So it, it was just a guy getting old. It, it just is what it is. I think, you know, even someone that doesn't even watch boxing could say, man, you know, Pacquiao looked all. <laughs> Every last day of 42 uh, and with the, with the long layoff, too. It's a bad combo for him. No doubt. Voice of Dan Canobio. Follow him on social media at Dan Canobio. Spell it C-A-N-O-B-B-I-O. -B -B Love his insight. Inside Boxing Live is his show. He's also Dan Canobio on Instagram as well. Multimedia star. We oh, love yeah. his insight on the Big Fight Weekend uh, podcast. Um all right, so Ugas uh, now becomes a player. This is a golden ticket for him to make the most money he's ever made coming off the Pacquiao fight. Educated speculation. Does he hold out for the rematch and more money? Or does Ugas say, hey, give me give me somebody in the PBC stable, whether it's Thurman, whether it's Sean Porter, et cetera, et cetera. Somebody, uh, Porter would be an intriguing rematch if that fight happens. If a Crawford-Porter fight doesn't happen, an Ugas-Porter rematch is kind of intriguing. Map out for me where what's his next big fight, especially if it's not Pacquiao. You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, Pacquiao pretty much insulted Ugas uh, when he said he was a very basic fighter. And I think we were more offended than Ugas was because when Ugas <laughs> heard that, he was probably like, wait a second, rematch? I can get another payday out of this? I, I think the rematch, I'd probably put it like 10%. 
you know, obviously, I, I tweeted this the other day. Like, I'd like to see Keith Thurman because I'm a big time Keith Thurman fan for some reason. Uh, you know, he doesn't deserve it, but you know, merit and boxing do not go hand in hand. It is not a sport where you deserve a lot of the <laughs> yeah, shots you get. If you're a big star, uh, if you have a name, and people are still interested in Keith Thurman, uh, I mean, he had a big crowd around up in Vegas. Whenever he speaks, people uh, listen. Whenever he fights, people watch. I mean, that's an easy fight that could be made for the PBC. I haven't looked at the WBA rankings because I don't want to give them the clicks, but I'm sure there's a name over there. <laughs> I'm sure there's a name that can, uh, you know, that that's someone that obviously has their mandatory or, or number one spot, but it's not going to be a huge name. And Ugas is 35, and I don't think he'll be ever will, – won't be any more popular uh, than he is right now. So he should capitalize if it's Thurman or if it's Manny or if it's try to get – you know, Porter or try to get Crawford. I think he's going to go get big game fishing. I think the PBC would be like, hey, we, we just, you know, another star emerged for us. Understood on that. A few more minutes with Dan Canobio here. I promise we're getting to the Showtime pay-per-view card on Sunday night uh, with all the fights, including what is the potential clown show with Jake Paul and former <laughs> UFC fighter Tyron Woodley. I keep qualifying that. You kind of know where my comments are headed here. Uh, in a second back to Thurman again Marquise and I uh, both from Florida of course again Marquise for the audience has vacated and gone to the mile high city of Denver to freeze to death in the winter brilliant move (laughs) so he is he is there coming up for the fall we'll see how long Marquise stays there we have much love for Thurman but are you feeling me Dan Canobio that Thurman was his own worst enemy that he didn't take some kind of a tune-up stay busy fight because he might have been the guy to suddenly interject and fight Manny Pacquiao on short notice instead of Ugas in a rematch. And instead, he was stale, and he's on the TV broadcast as a commentator and still hasn't fought anybody. I know. It's very frustrating, and he's definitely kicked himself. Same thing with Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia uh, is one of those fighters that also balloons up in between fights. Last we saw him, uh, this was like a while back. You remember he was in the ring with Mauricio Suleiman in Mexico? And he was huge. He had he was to talking be about, about 210. Yeah, he was huge. And he was talking about tacos. And, you know, Thurman <laughs> isn't as big as Garcia. But these are guys that don't stay at their fighting weight. Look at Jamel Herring. He's putting stuff on, on Twitter. He's a freak. So he's like yeah. the rare exception. He walks around at like 143. So when he has to go fight at 130, whatever, it's an easy cut. That's not the same thing for Thurman. You have to question where he is. He's got, he just probably made 15, 10, 15 million to fight back. Yeah, but definitely. I'm sure he was really, really kicking himself when he realized that they, we needed a late replacement for, for Pacquiao. But, you know, it's hard thing to do. Uga stepped in, and I, I think he, Uga's definitely deserved it more than Mikey Garcia and Thurman. And the way he performed, again, take nothing from him. He dominated that fight. Uh, the the objective is hit without getting hit. You had a great stat through CompuBox. What was it that Ugas landed? And help me if the numbers are wrong. Something like 59% of the power punches, Correct. which is the most ever on Pacquiao, while only getting hit 19% of the time uh, on the power punches. Yes. That's the name of the game, yeah. babe. It's a great, yeah, it's a great performance I mean- by him. Yeah, but Ugas, he, he landed 59% because he didn't throw a lot of power shots. He, when you watch that fight, you saw he threw like 12 power shots around, but it was working. You know, <laughs> he, don't have to, he landed, you know, 7 of 12 every round, and that's all he needed to do because that jab was neutralizing him. But, yeah, that's the name of the game, right? Hit and don't get hit. And, and sometimes the, the numbers will, will, will uh, you know, go along with what your eyes see. There you go on that. All right, and we segue to Showtime pay-per-view um, all right. First, I am going to let you say whatever you would like to say. Are you amped for this? I mean, there are some decent fights on the undercard, whether you're talking about Conwell, Amanda Serrano, the ladies world champ, Daniel Dubois, the British heavyweight fighting in the United States for the first time. And then whatever this main event is, Dan, how amped are you? It's the most significant card, I guess, in the United States on, on this weekend and for Sunday night. What about it, Dan Canobio? Well, I've had the same stance for a while when it comes to YouTubers and like the exhibitions and all that. Uh, but YouTubers, I think, are different than exhibitions. I don't look at it as boxing, and I'm sure you guys don't as well. It's it's something separate. Like, you know, no one that's like a boxing fan is going, oh, wait, I'm not getting Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence, so I'm going to watch Jake Paul instead. <laughs> Jake Paul fans are watching this fight this weekend. Uh, you know, casual sport fans maybe will tune in because they know Tyron Woodley's name and they, they see Jake Paul everywhere. 
you know, not boxing fans are tuning because they've just been following Jake Paul since he's been a Disney star. So I don't have that much of a problem with it, you know, because I, I can separate it. You know, when people start meshing it and, th- and saying that it's real boxing or, you know, like this is the reason boxing is in trouble. I mean, it's just if you look at it, there's only one real YouTube star in boxing these days. They've kind of the bubble's starting to burst out. Uh, but I do think that Paul takes it serious. Um, I will say this about, about Jake Paul. His taking on Dana White and the UFC fighter pay, I think is a brilliant move on his part, whether he's sincere or not, because boxing fans love to throw that in the face of MMA fans. Hey, at least our guys get paid. Your guys are fighting for peanuts. And for this last fight, or this one upcoming, he has Amanda Serrano on the card, who is one of the best women's fighters in the world today. And he could have gave this undercard to anyone. This is the type of power that he has, as crazy as that sounds. But he chose Amanda Serrano. So if he is sincere or not, he really is a women's boxer. At least Amanda Serrano in women's boxing gets a huge platform. So he knows how to win these PR battles. If they're genuine or not, he knows he's making a lot of money. He knows he probably doesn't deserve this, this platform. But if he, gets, if he goes after the UFC, if he elevates women's boxing, it's like a little bit of a distraction slash deflection. Uh, but I really have no problem. I, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be fun. Uh, the card is good. It's just fun. It is what it is. Like, don't take it too serious. Like, if you don't take it too serious, then you can probably be entertained. That's a it's a great point on how he's bringing some audience in and attention in for other credible fighters that are fighting on the other card besides what's going on here. I'm kind of monopolizing the questions in the conversation. Weak Sauce Radio, chime in with whatever you like here. He and I, Dan, after the pause, are going to talk more about the fight card. But what else you got for me, Marquise, right now? Absolutely, Dan. I just want to get your thoughts actually just on Jake Paul's because one thing I do like about Jake Paul that he does he is doing right is what you mentioned actually of him trolling Dana White and UFC and that whole process. I think that's a, I think in terms of Jake Paul, that's probably the best thing he's doing. Yeah. The, 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 the rest of this stuff as TJ, I'm, I'm with you, you know, DJ on this. I, I, I just have zero, absolute zero interest in watching a UFC guy face a boxer. We know how this, we've seen this cartoon, guys. We already know oh, what he's going to win. Jake yeah. Paul's going to win. He's going <laughs> to knock out Tyrone Woodley. I have no yeah. doubt about it. But you're yeah. right, uh, Marquise. I love, like, him going after Dana White is such an easy win. And it shows that he's like, he's a marketing genius, Jake Paul. You might not like him. You might, you might not like him. Or you might think he's yeah. a joke. But he's very good at like the PR game. He's very good at marketing. If he's going to take on Dana White, that's an easy win for him. And boxing fans are going to be like, wait, I hate Dana White too. So therefore, I kind of like Jake Paul. And now with the women's stuff too, like bringing on Amanda Serrano is a very, very smart move. And I cover a lot of women's boxing with the Bella Entertainment. I know for a fact that Lou and everyone at the Bella, they are ecstatic that Amanda Serrano is on this card, training alongside of them, getting that push. So listen, if he wants to, you know, take his money, uh, Jake Paul, and he's going to, you know, f- put a little crumbs out there for, for women's boxing and go after uh, fighter pay. Who knows if it's going to make a difference in the UFC world, but yeah. at least he's he's doing something, Jake Paul, whether it's sincere or not. OK, so you, you've given very diplomatic, even at times in your comments, <laughs> complimentary comments. I'm going to say this, the con, and that's what it is, a confidence game. The con is continuing right now between he and his brother, the con can only be kept up for so long because, as you mentioned, he's fighting a 39-year-old who basically has no boxing experience. It's almost the exact same thing as Ben Askren, but but Ben Askren was an amateur wrestler and didn't look like a boxer and wasn't in shape. So at some point on the con, it's going to get exposed when he's in there with an actual boxer that can box him back and fight him. But for now, he and his brother have lived off the con. They are they are headliners on yeah, pay-per-views for Showtime. So welcome to America, like Don King always <laughs> said. Collect the money. Yeah. But don't you agree with me? The con the con's going to come to an end here. Well, that's probably the thing. Fairly that's, soon. that's the thing yeah. with boxing. It's not like basketball, Marquis. You know, it's not like baseball where you you don't play. You you fight. So eventually, yeah. he's if he keeps fighting these 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 squash these fights stiffs. where <laughs> right these stiffs or what like oh he's going to win KO one. People aren't going to watch anymore. The the bubble's going to burst like it's pay-per-view like you could see right away if people are interested or not so it's going to come to a point tj where he's going to have to fight someone with a pulse and it's you know it's not tommy fury either i think he probably uh 
Actually, I'm actually interested in that fight. As crazy as that sounds, see, I'm a little more into it than you are, TJ. But it is, it is well, a slow con. Look, but look, it's, eventually, it's going to come to birth. If he's fighting, can I interject? If he's fighting Tommy Fury next, that's a legitimate professional fight. Yeah, at least it's that's a boxer. More, that's more interesting. And again, I realize we're the different hardcore boxing audience hosts and whatever. But that's a little mm-hmm. more interesting because I have a feeling he gets steamrolled when he's fighting a legitimate fighter who can hit, not get hit, move tactically, whatever, as opposed to not what Nate he's Robinson. Yes, it's not, it's not your former New York Nick slam dunk champion, Nate Robinson, who's 30 or 40 pounds lighter and waiting to get hit with a sledgehammer right hand, just exactly yeah. like, like he did. Uh, well, the guys, we the guys um, he comes from Hollywood. So everything is curated. So right down to his opponents. So you're right. If anyone that's boxes for years and years and uh, anyone who boxes their whole life, uh, will beat uh, Jake Paul, someone who took on boxing in the last like four or five years. That's just just science. Yeah. And by the way, I, I'll chime in again. Marquise knows that I've mentioned this. Uh, in my household, I've got the 13-year-old twin girls. We used to watch Jake Paul, the failed actor, by the way, <laughs> on the Bizarre Vark show. That was the name of it on the Disney Channel. And it was readily apparent he needs to be doing something besides acting. And now, <laughs> yes, God love them. They've got a YouTube following, a TikTok following, he and the brother. They've, they've leveraged that. They're making money. They're headlining on pay-per-view. But please, it is... It is a con, and eventually the con artists have to take the money and run because the feds are on their trail, and the feds would be the boxing public. The boxing yeah. viewers are eventually going to say what you said, which is this is a joke, time in and time out, until you fight someone, until it's actually boxing. So we'll see. It's not even the fight fans. It's like the people that are, are buying, because I don't think it's fight fans that are the majority of the people that watch his fights. Eventually they're going to be like, hey, what, what is going on here? Like, I want to yeah. see – him get punched in the face, but someone posted something on um, on Twitter. It was pretty funny. It said five years ago, and it was Jake Paul uh, doing a Disney like infomercial or whatever, like a like a commercial for Disney. And then I had Tyrone Woodley was like winning the welterweight title, like pounding a guy on the ground. Like, <laughs> how do we get to this so fast? Yep. Five year span. It just shows you that the sport and it's like a very low entry point to get into boxing. And uh, Jake Paul somehow is at the top right now. Yep, he's bringing an audience, that is for sure. This man brings the audience uh, as well. Inside Boxing Live, plug away for everything, including your social media, Dan Canobio, how they find you, how they hear and see more of you. Yeah, so Inside Boxing Live, weekly show. It's on every Thursday on Pluto, their boxing channel, channel 728. Uh, it's over on the Fubo Sports Network. It streams there too uh, on Thursdays as well. And you just follow me on, on Twitter at Dan Canobio, throwing out. Uh, numbers and trying to make light of this ridiculous sport that we follow every week. <laughs> love it. Love the insight. Week sauce. Anything else for Dan before he scoots along? Oh yeah, Dan, just one last thing. Cause actually you mentioned merit in the WBA nonsense. I was on the media call with the rest of the schlubs, uh, uh, listening to <laughs> Gilberto uh, wax poetic and apologize to all of us for about an hour and a half. Uh, just want to get your thoughts on them finally getting rid of uh, these belts for the time being and the over-under on when you're bringing them back because this is the WBA. <laughs> this is what they do. <laughs> they're like, right now, they're hatching up a scheme to make more money. It's like, ah, oh, what can we do yeah. now? We can, I guess we can double the dinners at the convention. Like, they're definitely in a room right now figuring out how yeah. we can keep this gravy train rolling. But yeah. I do think they're, the belts will, will stay gone. Like, they have so much pressure on them uh, from everyone, from everyone in the media uh, you know, everyone, every fan going to whoever they follow on, on, in social media and saying, we got to do something about this. And the media taking it from there. They have so much pressure on them. I, I, I'm not going to congratulate them because these belts and these titles, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. But when when they have just one champion and that goes for every sanctioned body, because a lot of them do these different shenanigans, just that yeah. everyone is on the WBA right now. That doesn't mean the WBC is is a is some holier than thou organization yeah. or the WBO the or the Lord. IBF. They're all yeah. pretty bad. It just shows <laughs> that the WBA is the worst. So <laughs> when there's one champion in everything, then I'll be happy. Until then, it's all just, you know, these are survival. Just like the Olympics, tactics. there can only be one gold medalist. There can only be one world record holder. No. That would be the so, WBA. So did you, you see there was no intern gold medalist guys? <laughs> <laughs> Two guys shared one. Did you see that? It was a pole vault or something. These guys shared the gold. That was like right. one of the better moments I ever saw. Did they give them WBA belts and go ahead and call them champions after the yeah, pole the WBA, vault? WBA, so Gilberto slid in and, and gave him an interim <laughs> uh, medal. 
Let's oh, hope they man. straighten it out and, and don't hold your breath that they will. Anyway, Dan Canobio, what a treat. Thank you for making time for us. Good luck with Inside Boxing Live. We love your stuff. We love retweeting your stuff, repurposing your stuff as part of Big Fight Weekend. Welcome, Matt. Always open for you, my friend, on the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Keep up the good work. I enjoy listening to your show every week. I know what it takes to put in uh, that weekly grind every single week talking about boxing. So keep it up, and uh, thanks for the time. We try. Marquise and I are back to talk about whatever this Showtime pay-per-view will be Sunday night, including fight picks and odds. That is coming. Stay with us. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today. Get a special offer. Get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app. Visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to find out more right now. If you're ready to play, if you're ready to win, they're the premier sports betting experience. Download, bet, and win with WinBet. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. And the football season is ready to kick off, and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. Because with PropSwap, your bet doesn't have to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, Trey Lance of the 49ers opened up at 300-1 to to win the MVP this year, and he has already been bet down to 75 to 1 after that preseason performance just last weekend. That means if you bet 100 bucks on Trey Lance back in May, you could sell that ticket on PropSwap right now for $400, a 300% return before the season ever begins. Think of PropSwap like the stock market, but for sports betting. Buy low, sell high. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 a month just by listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember, go for two. Make two tickets on the same team. You can sell one for a profit and leave one for yourself for skin in the game. Again, your bet doesn't necessarily have to win. It just has to improve. Think of it like the stock market. Get started today at PropSwap.com. Download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use our promo code SGPN and get a free $25 bet. That's right. Sign up right now. Get a free shot at a million bucks. Download the app in the App Store, the Google Play Store, and sign up at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. And we're brought to you in part by PicksWise, the number one home of free sports betting picks, props, and parlays helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics giving you the who, the how, and the why behind every prediction. For every game, every day, and every sport, all for free, visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. But you've got the opportunity here with PicksWise to get their favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast, it's fun, it's easy, and it all starts with prize picks. You pick two of the five players that day, decide if they'll go under or over their stat projection, and then you find out if you win. The more players you pick, the more that you can win. You can win up to 10 times your money with the prize picks, and that's the way to play. Use the promo code SGP. You'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, SGP is the promo code with PicksWise for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. It's PicksWise promo code SGP. 
And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. We are back in for a little while longer again. Uh, there's a lot of news, and then we've got this Showtime pay-per-view on Sunday night that is the most prominent boxing card, really probably worldwide. There are a lot of club shows, etc. Marquise will be all over it. I mean, he, if there's a fight card somewhere, he's probably keeping track of it, watching it, writing about it. Week sauce as we bring you back in. Fun with Dan Canobio. Again, just one more time being with him there in the last segment, right? Absolutely. No, Dan's great. And it's fun that uh, Dan is pretty much on the same page as us we are in terms of uh, – pretty much saying that Manny Pacquiao looked really old. And that is just one thing that I think is very reminiscent of a lot of fighters that, that people forget that like father time is still undefeated and stops everyone. And Manny is no exception. And my Lord, TJ, did that man look old last Saturday night? Well, I will, I will give him credit. He was obviously in shape stamina wise. He threw a ton of punches, but when you're talking about accuracy and reflexes, that's age. That is, that's father time. When you're talking about getting hit as much as he got hit, we covered this on our recap podcast for those, again, that were subscribed and got it or, or saw the social media link that uh, Ugas deserves a lot of credit. But that if if Keith Thurman is fighting that Manny Pacquiao two years ago, Keith Thurman would have beat him uh, because he was easier to hit. He wasn't moving as well. And we repeat again here for this audience, if he had been fighting an elite king in the welterweight division like Terrence Crawford or a healthy Earl Spence, they would have torn him up. It would have been a stoppage. You and I agree on that, don't we? Yeah, no, that, that fight had six-round TKO written all over it, TJ, if it had been any one of the more elite fighters that's not, or Dennis Ugas, no disrespect to him on that. But no, it was just one of those things where, where Ugas was just able to do any, anything he wanted in the ring on that Saturday night, and, and Manny had no answers for him or anybody else that would have been on the other side, that's, uh, other side facing him on, on, on that fight. I mean, I, I guess he's hinting that he would like to maybe fight Ugas again, but hasn't decided. Um Gauge that for me. 10% chance, 50-50, that he does come back and fight a rematch with Ugas? No, I'm going zero, TJ. I don't think that has a chance at all. I, 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 Ugas' style for Pacquiao is just not one that he's really good with, either way, one way or another. That's what made this whole fight interesting to begin with as a replacement, where it was like, okay, Ugas wasn't going to be like the same you know, pressure fire that uh, Spence was going to approach or, or Crawford in terms of style-wise. It was going to be a different fight. And the fight that they pre- prepared for wasn't the fight that Ugas had. And, uh, Ugas hasn't changed TJ and, and, and since he's been 15 and three. So it's, it's Real not quick, going to be anything different. Yeah. Sure. Let me give you a scenario. All right. So we don't All know right. for sure, but because I've seen conflicting things and we don't have the info. Uh, I saw one thing where Pacquiao was only guaranteed only 5 million, but he was given a huge percentage of the pay-per-view, especially because it was a uh, replacement opponent. Don't know what his guarantee would have been for Spence, but they maybe adjusted it for the fact that it was Ugas. I cannot believe that your Dennis Ugas made more than probably like a million dollars. He probably made something like that. It was probably the biggest payday of his career. Is it not fair to say that in a rematch with Pacquiao, Ugas easily, because they can sell this now because he beat him, Ugas easily makes $3 million, if not $5 million guaranteed. I, I, and, and maybe he makes that if he fights Earl Spence in a unification fight somewhere down the road. But I don't know who else is available that's going to get him that kind of guarantee besides Pacquiao. So if I'm if I'm Ugas, my hand is up for the audience that can't see me. Sign me up for the rematch because I'm going to make two times, maybe five times what I made the other night. And Pacquiao will still make a chunk, too, for one last hurrah. Can he beat him or not to go out on top? I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just not putting it at zero. Like you seem to be right here that it's not going to happen at all. And maybe you're right. Maybe he is done. I'm only putting it at zero taste only because I think he's done. Otherwise, I think, no, but otherwise, you'd be right. I think uh, Ugas would be the A side in this rematch. And, 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 and we're, call, we're calling this fight, you know, Ugas Pacquiao 2 instead of Pacquiao Ugas 2. So uh, I do think it'll be a big payday for him. I, I, I think that you're waiting for Spence to heal up, and that's going to be the next fight one way or another. Maybe. I, unless, unless this Crawford Porter thing falls by the wayside. 
And then Ugas Porter is very interesting. I'm going to talk Crawford Porter in a second. But yeah. Ugas lost to Porter on a split decision, on a close fight. So mm-hmm. that rematch would have some intrigue there. I'm just having fun with you. You realize Muhammad Ali kept fighting, and he was 40 years old. And, and Sugar and he Ray had Leonard, no business being in a ring. I understand, like but he kept fighting. And Sugar Ray Leonard came out of a six-year retirement to fight at 41, to fight Hector Camacho. Mike Tyson, still fighting. Oscar De La Hoya in a couple of weeks is about to be 48 and is back in fighting. So whether they should do it and whether they are doing it or did do it before, those are two different things. If he can run for the presidency of the Philippines and win, that's bigger than boxing anyway. So maybe yeah. Manny is going to do that. We'll we'll see if that's the uh, the route that he chooses uh, here soon. I think that's the clearest indication. One more time, don't you, before we get to the other news of the week and then the Showtime, Paul um, uh, Woodley uh, upcoming uh, pay-per-view in a, in a few moments. The biggest indicator to me is if he declares that he is running for the presidency, I think that is the neon billboard. I'm not fighting anymore. You buy that? That's my, that's my thinking too, TJ. And I, I real unless he's doing this bizarre thing where maybe he's trying to beat his fighting champion and wants to keep the campaign funds coming along, and you, you may pull a fight down the woodworks. But that's going to be later down down the line. He's got to be in the Philippines first, or just fight as as Danny even mentioned. It's, it'll have to be somewhere. It'll be one of those you know hometown fights in the Philippines. It'll be one of those one of those squash fights. But I don't see PBC trying to pay up for a squash fight nor anybody else. I mean, he, the, the one place that he tried to get uh, was still suing him, and, and which got thrown out in court with that whole Mikey Garcia paradigm thing. So, yeah, I really think if Pacquiao doesn't win this presidency, he, he he may be back in the ring again. Actually, <laughs> well, maybe I don't know, but I mean, if he's if he's declaring for that, then I think that's the biggest signal, as I just said, yeah. that he's done with boxing, and he's forty three years old. It would, yeah. be, uh, it would be less less likely that he would be done done if he was 37 38 and we saw what he was doing here in his 40s to adrian broner and keith thurman before this ugas fight we've given that enough time uh let us move along porter and crawford all right the latest news the wbo says top rank and pbc what a surprise couldn't get together with how they were going to make it work so now they're ordering the blind purse bid marquise pick it up from there on how this is going to work, including their publicizing at the World Boxing Organization coming up in about a week. Yeah, TJ, this is going to be, this, this, this purse bid, which is pretty much, as you all know, TJ, in terms of, of, of what, what sanctioning bodies and making fights happen, is a very mundane, jury duty, boring event. And they're going to make this dog and pony show uh, a, a big, a big pup, whoop, whoop de do on uh, Facebook, on the WBO uh, uh, Facebook page, and of all things, for this purse bid. <laughs> Which, which, which makes no sense to me, TJ, because th- this is a purse bid between two parties, two parties that uh, don't want to talk to each other, haven't talked to each other before, uh, this, the, apparently from all the reports, before this Ugas Pacquiao fight happened. And, they, they, and what they did talk, it didn't go anywhere. So I'm, 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 I think this is just a bizarre game of chicken to see who really wants this fight. And I really do believe, TJ, if Porter thinks this fight's happening, he must have some word in, in, in his ear from Al Heyman and that side of the fence that they're going to bid on this, this fight on, on, on his behalf because – we see how top rank and Terrence Crawford and Porter and, 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 and they're doing, and, and they're on the way out. So I have zero faith on that side of it winning this bid whatsoever. And people are saying like, hey, what about the other people? Like, you know, like Matchroom and, and Triller. Well, Triller, Triller, can't get a fight. Be, Triller would be the wild card, right? If yeah. they put in a significant bid. Yeah, Triller would be interesting if they, if they actually put a bid in. The other ones that people are mentioning, like Golden Boy. Golden Boy has no money to do any of this stuff. And why would they Why would they want a fight that has two fighters that, that aren't, aren't under stable anyway? Same thing with Matchroom. Matchroom's all but put out of the United States, TJ. I don't know if anyone's been noticing this. With the exception of uh, Demetrius Andre and a couple of prospects and Mark Castro, Matchroom USA is all but a shell of itself. Uh, so I I don't see Eddie Hearn, who just ma- announced the uh, – the Philip Hergovic uh, face uh, fight, a fight that he he sat down because because he because he, he couldn't get Michael Hunter he got the best thing that Montenegro has to offer whoever that guy is in Ragnovic, <laughs> Uh the 229th best heavyweight TJ on box right that's that's 230 better than me but that's not saying much so uh, yeah Hergovic <laughs> has got some some uh, potential but you're right Eddie Hearn's kind of scrambling at least in the heavyweight division can he get the Joshua Usyk fight staged. Can they have that? We'll see. I don't see them being a player. I don't see Golden Boy being no. a player for Crawford versus Porter in a purse bid. It will be interesting to see because it'll be revealed uh, for everybody to see how much they all bid. And and to the point, let's go one step further. Sean Porter yeah. on our buddy T.C. Martin's radio program in Las Vegas. T.C. was on this preview podcast last week uh, talking mm-hmm. Porter Uga, or uh, I'm confusing myself now, Pacquiao Ugas. Keep my welterweight straight. Yeah. T.C. was here in the preview mode. 
He's buddies with Show, with Showtime Sean P, Showtime Sean Porter. Porter on with T.C. Martin earlier this week at the time we're taping on the T.C. Martin Show, five days a week in Las Vegas, tcmartinshow.com as we plug away. And Porter said this fight will happen, that, that whoever wins the purse bid, they're fighting. The only thing I say to that, Sean's optimistic, he's training, he wants it to happen. What is the, the real possibility that Terrence Crawford doesn't like whatever the money is and says, you know what, I'll just vacate this WBO belt, don't have to honor the purse bid, I'll go fight as a junior middleweight maybe, I'll fight somebody else without the WBO title that I want to fight in the welterweight division, use my star power. How much of that are you buying, Marquise? Uh, a small portion of it, TJ, because I, I will admit, though, the WBO, in terms of sanctioning bodies, uh, for as much praise as uh, a lot of these other people are getting, uh, the WBO doesn't get any either, and they shouldn't. Because what will happen with this one, TJ, is uh, if, if, say, Terrence Crawford vacates his belt and he moves up, he becomes the mandatory at 154, for example, and he gets to wait, wait out that whole Brian Castiano uh, Charlo shenanigans to see if he gets a fight after that, which could be interesting. I could see that happening more realistically than top rank actually winning this purse bid. So I, I, I'm actually intrigued on that because if that's the case, that will, that's, that's what's going to happen. Because if, if Sean Porter withdraws out of this fight, TJ, to give you an idea of what the WBO has in terms of mandatory opponents, Virgil Ortiz was the, the, the original mandatory opponent before all of this. He's, he, just, he just fought uh, a couple of like two weeks ago, so he's out. The, the next best available opponent, TJ, is my boy, uh, Mikey McKinson, who is 21-0, TJ, two knockouts, both <laughs> injury stoppages. So needless to say, I, this is one of those fights that, 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 that in terms of the WBO putting a, this whole game show thing for it, if it all falls through the cracks, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty embarrassing, that's all. <laughs> and again, PBC controls most of the welterweights. Uh, we, we talked about Keith Thurman earlier in the podcast, but Jerron boost, Boots Ennis, there's there's talk of him being back in the ring. Jamal Shango James, Ugas, having beaten Pacquiao, those are all PBC fighters, along with Errol Spence, along with Sean Porter. So you almost have to dance with them if you're Terrence Crawford, if you want to stay at welterweight. We'll see what he chooses to do in that instance. Let's move along with a couple of other news items. Speaking of the Charlos, the arrest of Jamal Charlo earlier this week for a July incident in San Antonio, Texas, not far from the Charlo brothers' hometown of Houston. Jamal in town for his brother Jermel's title defense the following night in San Antonio got into a dispute at a, at a local uh, sports restaurant slash bar with the waitress on paying the bill there's, uh, there's obviously back and forth as to what really happened. Apparently, there's surveillance video. Argument ensues. He's upset because his debit card and his ID somehow got mixed up. He's unhappy. He's angry. And now there are felony robbery charges put on Jamal Charlo earlier this month, and he turned himself in to the San Antonio Bexar County Jail earlier this week all right Marquise pick it up from there a, a black eye at least for now unless this can be sorted out for Jamal Charlo the older or the heavier 160 pound WBC unbeaten champion what about it yeah big male got in some trouble with uh, the night before that fight apparently uh it sounded like TJ uh a dust up between uh when you when you go to restaurant and you use your card and your card doesn't go through and you don't have that backup card or any cash on hand which i think was the problem here which started all of this uh which is which is interesting and apparently the waitress you know probably had like 14 or 15 it, from, from the stories i've read it sounds like the waitress had like you know was like had like 14 or 15 tables probably put his id and card in one of the other 15 of her bills she was picking to go run back up and he wanted <laughs> his card and 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 and, and also and, and, and then the and then the calamity and the police ensued so that, that that's one of that the one. things I'm, if i can interject that's being alleged yeah. is there was a dispute and he snatched her and we've all had those folded leather uh kind of here in the united states where you have the receipt the cash the id and a little a leather folded uh what's the it's what, like, what it's like, it's like a binder pocket like a little binder or a little folder it's not a binder but it's like a little folder at yeah. a restaurant and so he grabbed whatever she had or a couple of those that she had knocked them out of her hand. There's cash that goes flying. And on the video, according to the cops, they can see him pick up the cash and not return it. And they're considering that theft. They're considering that robbery, uh, that that is the instance. And, and, and Charlo's attorney says it's a misunderstanding. That's not what happened. Uh, but he's got three second degree felony charges against him. That's not insignificant. 
for this incident. And obviously they could not work it out before it came to arresting him. Now he's got to look into some kind of plea deal or what kind of restitution is he going to make? It's a mess for Jamal Charlo's image. No, it's a bad look, TJ, and especially if the, the, if the video has him smacking the, the, the waitress's money out of her hand. And, and we all know it in the hospitality business, those guys, those, those, those women and women don't make any money outside Amen. of those tips. And, and, and this man's taking, taking the tips away. That, that's, why the, that's why the police press charges, TJ, because it's a criminal offense against another civilian. But in, in, at the end of the day, TJ, I really wonder what they're going to do with this because – it, it's grand larceny on the grand scheme of things, but he didn't exactly rob a bank per se. So it, I, I don't think they can hold him to that same that, that same bizarre uh, jail standards. But he's definitely looking at uh, more community service and outreach programs for for, for at least six months. <laughs> and it depends on again: is the charge reduced? The case, does the yeah. case get dismissed? The the lawyer for Charlo said this will get dismissed. This will never see a courtroom. Because they're they're gonna they're gonna make their arguments obviously on the evident uh, on the evidence the evidentiary hearing, and who knows uh, if the charges go through. But obviously, the Bexar County District Attorney, the San Antonio Police, believe there's enough there, and he had to turn himself in. He had to surrender. Was booked, mugshot, everything. So we'll see what happens with Jamal Charlo and how does this cloud his future? As you mentioned a moment ago, his brother Jamel, his twin brother. Uh, will he rematch Brian Castaño? Will he fight someone else, a mandatory challenger? We'll wait and see for the Charlos. Um, other than that, any other news items of significance? I think we pretty well covered just about uh, everything else. The undercard was announced for Joshua Usyk Unified Heavyweight Showdown coming in late September. And if I can summarize Marquise's reaction, it was pretty much sound effect <sighs> for you on what's on the undercard, am I right? Pretty bad undercard, TJ. And I and it's funny because these matchroom undercards have been pretty poor to begin with. And Joshua undercards have been no exception to this anyway, but there is not TJ, this is literally a one fight card where it's like you you walk in, wait for Sweet Caroline, grab your seat, watch Joshua Usyk fight, get out. Like there's nothing on this undercard whatsoever, like of any significance outside. Callum of- Smith fighting for the first time in almost a year after Canelo Alvarez beat him. Meh. Uh what Campbell Hatton, the son of Ricky Hatton on the undercard. Meh. <laughs> Lawrence O'Coley, right? The cruiserweight. You, you can I stay awake past the Lawrence O'Coley fight. Out of you yet? You you haven't you haven't piped up yet on any of that on the undercard. No, this this TJ this card sucks. I'm sorry. Why is this, Hergovic? This... Why is Hergovic not on the undercard at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? He's a matchroom that... fighter. Why is he not waiting two weeks and he's not on that undercard? I, that's what I'm trying to figure out, TJ. Because I, I I would figure that he would be on that card because it'd be a bigger payday and you know fighting in front of you know six five thousand people you know at, at, at in front of you know the, the soccer stadium you'd think right. But apparently he's fighting in Austria, and as as part of this, because uh, it, it, this this random IBF uh, state, it's not even an IBF fight. It's not even a title match. It's just it's a, it's a stay busy. I don't, personally, TJ, I have a bizarre feeling he may knock this guy out in thirty five seconds, and we may see him back on the Joshua undercard because of so much <laughs> like work. Mike Tyson. He's back two weeks later, <laughs> yeah. uh, to fight on that card. We do know that Showtime has the pay per view. We were already touching on it earlier in our interview with Dan Canobio in this here podcast. Okay. Um, I said plenty. I I continue to call it a con. I I understand why Showtime is doing it. They want an audience. They're trying to get a pay-per-view. They're trying to stir it up with a different audience. But we talked about this with Logan Paul and the Floyd Mayweather a couple of months ago. There's only so much you can sell when he's not a legitimate boxer, a legitimate fighter. And if he's not enough of a drawing card for the non-boxing fans, He's not going to draw in Jake Paul. Now the brother we're talking about, he's not going to draw in with this being boxing. Now he may, Jake Paul may score another spectacular knockout, but for the boxing fans, this is Tyron Woodley is not a boxer. Tyron Woodley is a UFC fighter and amateur wrestling background. Same kind of background that Ben Askren had who Paul destroyed in a minute with one punch. Woodley may last longer than that. I, I've called it a con. The con is still going on. I'm conning you into giving me a bunch of money when I'm not really a professional prize fighter. I'm just playing one on Showtime. Okay, Marquise, those are strong comments. Say a little more, and then we'll get to the fight card and the odds. Go. 
Yeah, TJ, I'm not the biggest fan of this whole Jake Paul shenanigans. I, I get what he's doing and all that fun stuff for the most part. My whole problem with Jake Paul more than anything else is at the end of the day, he's going to have to fight an actual live body. And if you put these fight cards behind a paywall, now you got to deal with buyer's remorse because if memory serves me well, TJ, the Logan Paul uh, Floyd Mayweather card, for all intents and purposes, was on pay-per-view and was also not very good. And so people are just going to assume, hey, it's a Paul brother. Does he fight like his younger brother, Logan? Oh, I don't want to pay for that. And this is fifty nine ninety five on, on on Showtime pay-per-view. So it's, an, it, it, it's a weird hard, it's, it's a weird slope that Showtime's doing with that, TJ, and, which is weird because this whole undercard, is a, it's a stack to Debella Entertainment undercard. All of his fighters are on this card. Amanda Serrano, Montana Love, and, Charles Conwell. And unlike, to your point, and we talked about it earlier, unlike the Usyk undercard that you're banging on here, Serrano is an entertaining female fighter and a world champ. Yeah. Right, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Charles Conwell is a Cleveland native. He's going to have home fans there. He's a guy that can punch. That's interesting. Daniel yeah. Dubois, the British heavyweight, was unbeaten, lost to Joe Joyce, fractured eye orbital. He's come back and had one fight. This is the second fight. Uh, also, fellow Brit Tommy Fury also on the card. Those two guys have never fought in the United States. Okay, so the undercard has got some intrigue a little yeah. bit here, Marquis, Sunday. No, the, no, the undercard on this uh, this fight card, TJ, I wish a lot of other fight cards would have. If, if, this, if this undercard was on the Joshua Usyk card, I think it would be the best card of the year. But unfortunately, we got uh, you know Jake Paul facing a, an MMA guy who hasn't fought in five years uh, in, in a boxing ring. And, and is and literally 20, 25 pounds lighter and, again, three or four inches smaller. And that makes all the difference in the world uh, in, in boxing in, in terms and, of and, that being advantage Jake Paul. And he's, and he's yeah. much younger on top of that. I mean, this is, again, we are conning people into believing that this is an evenly matched situation. It's clearly not. No, it, it it's not TJ. And the one thing that I always wondered about that as well with with these fights with, with these fights these fights being set up like this, where it's like he really has to at some point get away from fighting these UFC guys, and that's the second we're all waiting for. Just we're, we're all just we're all just waiting for that shoot to drop TJ with, with this whole Jake Paul Logan Paul shenanigans. But until then, they're going to because I don't, I don't think Showtime can keep putting him behind these paywalls with these stacked undercards like this. So all right, we'll make picks and have the odds in a second. But I just thought of this while we were talking here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. It's yeah. kind of like in Rocky Three, where Apollo Creed comes into the ring in the first fight with Clubber Lang, and he's in the suit and he's waving to the crowd, and he comes over to Rocky after after the whole episode, obviously in the movie where Mickey has had the heart attack. Yeah. Or, or whatever, or is, is struggling or, or whatever. And Clubber Lang's got the, the menacing look and, and is taunting uh, everybody and is, and is making uh, passes at, at uh, Rocky's wife, Adrian. And Apollo here, comes woman. over to him. In, yeah, over here, woman. Uh, but Apollo <laughs> comes over to Rocky in a, in a moment with a, with a great piece of dialogue and says, do us all a favor. And I think it's something like this. Do us all a favor and drop this chump. It's kind of like that with Tyron Woodley Sunday night. I'm kind of in that. Mo I don't know if he can. Again, he's smaller. He's older. He's not a boxer. But it is. I'm kind of like Apollo Creed walking over in the suit to Rocky. Do us all a favor and drop this chump. And the con is over if he can. Uh, I, I don't know that he can. And, uh, and again, Showtime has Jake Paul signed to at least one more, not necessarily pay-per-view, but at least Showtime championship boxing type card. Maybe it is going to be a pay-per-view. Maybe that's the model they have with him. Let's uh, let's see. Interesting as we bring it to the gambling odds, Sports Gambling Podcast, Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows, their, their website. Jake Paul favored, Marquise. What do you have on the odds? Yeah, TJ, uh, Jake Paul, as, as expected, is favored in this fight. Uh, I won't have him at negative, uh, I think it's 175 or 185 currently over up. Uh, Tyron Woodley. This is one of those fights, TJ. If you're picking the, uh, if you they give, they give you the option to pick the boxer or the non-boxer in a boxing match, you pick the boxer. That part's easy. I think TJ, the the, the play on this, if you're using uh, my bookie or any other drafting uh, gambling site, uh, look for a fight prop of Jake Paul's stoppage within three or four rounds. This fight's not going to be lasting that long. I think about the third or fourth rounds when this fight uh, ends completely, one way or the other. To your point, under over is three and a half rounds, and it's minus one thirty-five. Uh, you spend a dollar thirty-five to make a dollar for Paul to end it before the third round. You would think that's where a lot of the money is going to be. Um, I'm just looking here to see if there's anything significant on a first round knockout from Jake Paul. He is plus, uh, let me double check here. Jake Paul to win in the first or second round is plus 300. 
So three to one. I got to believe there'll be a lot of action on that because the odds are much, much higher beyond the third round, beyond the fifth round. That I think there's going to be that, that that plus 300 may get down to like plus 200 plus 150 for him to win by KO in the first two rounds because again he destroyed Ben Askren with one punch the Nate Robinson one didn't that go a couple of rounds wasn't it like the third round I can't even remember on the under no I think Tyson it was like a Jones. minute 47 <laughs> I thought I thought Nate Robinson made it out of the first round I'm wrong I think you you know what I, I want we'll to say you double was, check. I'll double check the research department here on that. In the meantime, please, I, I please really, do. But it is interesting. Uh, would you have any interest while you're looking in Jake Paul plus 300 to end it by knockout in the first or the second round? That that would be an interesting play. And again, he's minus 135 to score a stoppage, a knockout of any kind before the fight goes to the bell to end round number four. Both of those are interesting. Did you find Anything on uh, on Jake Paul and Nate Robinson? I, I want to say that went beyond the first round, but you seem to be very pessimistic that it I did not con- with the former slam convinced. dunk champion who once who, who once uh, towered over the other NBA dunkers but couldn't take a punch. I have a bizarre out. I have a bizarre feeling, TJ, if memory serves me well, that uh, Nate Robinson, while he was able to dunk over Dwight Howard, had no shot against Jake Paul. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I want to say that fight was really over in about, in fact, now that I finally found it, uh, in fact, I am wrong. There you go. I was right on one part. It was 124. I, I got the minute part right, but it was the second round, as you mentioned. There you go. <laughs> he, did, he did get out of the first. But again, the, the prop is plus 300 for Paul to end it in the first two rounds yeah. of the fight against Tyron Woodley. I was just looking here. Woodley, uh, as we mentioned, was plus – what was he to get the outright win plus 155 if you believe that Woodley is going to win the value play that's interesting for Woodley is um, him winning on a stoppage in the first or the second round is plus 450 in the third round um, it is plus it is actually also plus 450 Interesting. Round five or later, it goes up to plus 700, plus 1,200 after the seventh round. Will this fight go the distance, go the 10-round distance? We'll see. And these are two-minute rounds, I believe. I believe in the exhibition here, these are two-minute rounds again. Uh, We'll see. We'll see for that matchup. And again, Tyron Woodley is 39 years old. There's a lot of smack talk and selling of the fight, but who knows? All right, on the undercard. On the undercard, yes. give me the priority. What what fights are you the most interested in real quick before we get out of here? Sunday night showtime pay-per-view from Cleveland. Pretty much, DJ, the rest of the undercard, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm all for. Uh, Montana Love is facing Ian Baranchik. Baranchik, what we all last saw was in that fight of the year against Zapata where he got knocked out. That's always going to be interesting. We'll see how he rebounds, rec- recovers from that. Charles Conwell, uh, while not the best liar in the world on this card as well, TJ, I'm looking forward to seeing how he looks. Also looking forward to seeing what Daniel Dubois looks in his American debut. Hopefully they actually give him an actual heavyweight opponent. I mean, those Frank Warren cards over there, they've been giving him some absolute, for lack of better terms, TJ, favorable opposition. Hopefully they give him a live body on this undercard over here in the States for his debut here. Looking forward to that. Same thing with Tommy Fury, but same thing as well. But really, TJ, I'm, I'm all in for this undercard. Is this once you get to the main event and all that shenanigans, I'm out. It's like, uh, I, I have zero interest because we've seen that. We've, we've all seen that cartoon. I'm only and again, to- Tommy Fury, I'm interrupt there. Tommy Fury, 9-0. and Tommy yeah. Fury, similar weight to Jake Paul. Not an accident that he is on the undercard because if he wins, that might be the intriguing next fight because now he's fighting a boxer. If Jake yeah. Paul wins impressively, that that might be your setup that's there. And Dubois, again, was kind of e-ticketed for stardom. He's a young guy. He's, what, 23, 24 years old. But Joe Joyce yeah. beat him up, cracked his eye orbital, stopped him. This is his second fight back. British heavyweight. Get in line because there's a long line trying to get around Anthony Joshua right now at yeah. the moment. Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out if that is the case. All right, we've come to the conclusion uh, here of the podcast marquise give them a reminder again about why they need to be engaged on the website go ahead please absolutely today bigfightweekend.com your source for all things boxing news past present and future we'll keep an eye out on the this uh this jake paul uh uh, Tyrone Willie shenanigans uh, and what happens on that Sunday. Also, if anything, uh, fight-wise, uh, announcement-wise comes over happens over the weekend. They've been slowly creeping out some of the information about some of these undercards. Uh, a lot of them aren't good, but at least they're making fight announcements nonetheless. So we'll see. I'll keep an eye up on, on, on those as well up there, that, that big fight weekend. But pretty much, he said, just follow just bigfightweekend.com. We have all, usually, usually something going on there news-wise as well. 
We got previews. We got recaps. Again, it's a Sunday night pay-per-view from Cleveland from the home of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, what is it now? Is it the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, I think is what they call it now? The yeah, Quicken just got bought out. So it's, it's, it's the Rocket Mortgage Mortgage Fieldhouse now. It's no, it's no, it's no so longer the queue. You can get your uh, you can get your house and finances in order and or see the pay-per-view Sunday night from downtown Cleveland on that one. Um, for now, though, we are good. Our thanks again to Dan Canobio from CompuBox, Inside Boxing Live. Follow him at Dan Canobio. Marquise Johns, always a treat to be with you. Let's see what we get this week. We'll be writing about it in the preview and recap mode on the website for this weekend. And we'll come back uh, next time, and we'll be in September when we're back with you, ready for Oscar De La Hoya's ring return, whatever that looks like, ready for Joshua Usyk later in September, as well as a couple of other fight cards. It'll be September the next time we're around, my friend. I look forward to it. Absolutely, TJ. And thankfully, September is around here. At least we got some decent main events coming up. Some of these cards, not uh, the, the first half a little rough, but towards the end of the year, in, in the middle of it, Pretty good stuff, especially uh, Fulton Figueroa, September 18th. I'm looking forward to that, too. Yeah, Fulton Figueroa will be good. My friend, have a great weekend. We'll be reading it. We'll be seeing what happens. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely, TJ. Thanks so much. Marquise Johns. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Follow this podcast and our site, not only at BigFightWeekend.com, but social media on Twitter at BigFightWeekend. Find us on Facebook, Big Fight Weekend, to stay engaged with us. Rate us, review us. On the uh, podcast platforms, Apple Podcast, Spotify, you do not have to subscribe. Just follow us there. You don't have to pay for this podcast. Uh, again, subscribe, find us, whatever the case is, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, wherever you get podcasts. Thanks again to the Sports Gambling Podcast and sportsgamblingpodcast.com with Sean Green, Ryan Kramer. They do a great job helping cross-promote us on the network of shows. We are done for now. What happens with Paul and Woodley? Do us all a favor and drop this chump. Let's see what happens in the Showtime <laughs> main event. We will find out, uh, and we will be talking about it. We'll be writing about it and talking about it on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Bye.